rocking, rocking in the corner of the room. <laughs> I'm recording. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm not really rocking. Are you in rocking? The, in I'm the not corner? really rocking oh, in the no. corner of the room. Dear Lord, I feel I am. Oh dear. Um, welcome to Playing oh, Devil's Avocado. Welcome, welcome. Are you going to tell us what's in the um, episode today? I can do. Mm. Can do, baby doll. What's your name, by the way? Oh, my name is Lisa Sinclair. Great, right, I'm Claire Isaac. Hi, Claire Isaac. Hello. Hi, what are mm-hmm. we? We are Playing Devil's Avocado. It's a podcast. Mm-hmm. So, there's some really exciting stuff on the rundown this week, um, not least of which is poo transplants. <laughs> I just cannot. I because cannot. I'm, obs- I'm absolutely obsessed. Um, so, yes, we're definitely talking about that. Yeah. We're definitely going to have a look at midlife success stories, which is nice, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, people have been sharing them on um, the yeah. social media. Yay. Yay for midlifers. Yeah. Um, we've, we've got a new segment. Well, I mean, it's sort of a new segment, but it's not, because we've always talked about it. But we've, we've got given a name. It a name. And wait and see. Yeah, we've got a name and probably a... Um, what's the word? Jingle. Jingle. <laughs> so that's excitement, isn't it? It is. And then um, at some point, we'll be talking about your $70... Is it $70 conditioner? No, that was yours. Mine's oh, $50. $50. So bargain. Bargain conditioner. <laughs> um, and then we'll be talking about the song that defines your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, Not giving anything away. No. Mine's rubbish. Is it? Let's go. Mine's amazing. Okay, poo transplants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Sheep. Look, I have been... I mean, as you know, I quite often talk about poo-related matters... You do, yeah. ...on this podcast. Fecal matters. <laughs> Fecal matters. <laughs> We're going to have That's a jingle. very good. Fecal matters. <laughs> um, and this story just <laughs> totally floated my boat. Rose George Ooh, in The Guardian. We got a floater. <laughs> <laughs> so many poo jokes you can make. Oh, so many. So, Rose George in The Guardian... Um, this is the headline that, you know, completely sucked me in. Um, the poo... I don't know how to pronounce this word. Panacea? P- I think so, yeah. Yeah, the poo panacea inside the strange, surprising world of faecal transplants. Now, faecal transplants have been a thing for quite a while. There's nothing new about faecal transplants. What is new is that they're getting sort of big, bigger and better. Um, <laughs> Can I just interrupt you yeah. for a second and say, I didn't know about them, so how well know, known are they? You'd never heard of a faecal transplant? No. I know people who've had them. Wow. I don't think yeah. I just live in a world where no one I know has needed a faecal right. transplant. Well, um, up, well, to date, I think they've been done as um, almost as a suppository where the faecal matter is in, put into a little sort of little capsule and yeah, yeah. Put, in, you put up your jaxi. You can see the little um, uh, action. <laughs> so <there>. excited. <laughs> and so, they, so the, the theory behind it is that, um, you know how gut health is so huge now, and that basically a lot of antibiotics strip you of your really good gut health, and yeah. then they reckon that's a, a, the cause of a lot of complaints now, medical complaints, and then they get good poo off someone with healthy gut flora, and mm. then sort of basically put it inside you, so then that then becomes your gut flora. Right. That's sort of it, anyway. So, but it's just becoming a bigger and bigger deal. And these are the th- standout things for me from this story. One of them was faecal blender, which is basically <laughs> this doctor in um, the University of Mississippi in Jackson, that's in the US, um, is taking brown gloopy material, spooning it into a blender <laughs> with a label on it saying faecal blender. Um, in case it gets muddled up. Yeah, with your, with with your, your protein with shake. shake. <laughs> Lord have mercy on us all. put into large syringes and infused into a willing patient by colonoscopy. So this story tells you all about it. It's really interesting. In the UK now... There's two licensed stool banks. 
Oh, I love it. That's what I, when I read that story, yeah. I was like, I love the idea of a stool bank. A stool bank. So you go and drop off your stools. You make a deposit. Oh. <laughs> Dropping the kids off at the pool has a whole different meaning now, doesn't it? So um, off you go, make a deposit, and then there's rigorous screening, obviously, as you can imagine, and more than 90% of volunteers are turned away. I want to know what kind of person goes, I'm going to be a fecal volunteer. People would do it for money. I suppose you've got they? your poo joggers everywhere. Poo joggers are just literally you know, making deposits. It's left, right, and centre. So, I mean, poo joggers we love, don't we? Um, <laughs> should tell Roxy to say And then, for safety reasons, each sample is kept for three months before being used in case a donor is incubating something. It's just all so fascinating. So, this story goes on to talk about all the trials and everything. Yeah. And then, are you ready for my favourite bit? Yeah. Adrian Grierson, who's an Australian filmmaker based in London, describes herself as an antibiotic child. So they reckon that these super antibiotics that sort of fix other medical things um, obviously leave a lot of other problems behind. Mm. So she's had terrible stomach problems, cramps, doubling over, vomiting, hot flushes, sweating, agony... So she discovered faecal transplants. She paid for Tim from a private clinic and they changed her life. Wowza. But get this, since then, she's had them every three months or so, although now she does it DIY at home, thanks to a friend. Lisa? I'm going (laughs) to... I'm just going to... Let me read this and then we can unpack this, so to speak. She poops in a bag and I plop it on a sieve, a couple of scoops. Then I pour saline and I mash it through so I don't get all the big particles. Then I suck it up through a syringe and pretend I'm at a clinic. Okay. Listen, we're good friends, right? Yeah. Will you ever poo in a sieve? For me, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I'd poo in the. You sieve. really would. But I wouldn't expect you to want to do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> after that point, <laughs> if you needed my poo, I would give it to would you. <laughs> and you'd shit in a sieve. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I like there's a that line is in the story though. about that is friendship, isn't that it? Is, that's you know, yeah. someone's close friend. Wasn't there a great line in the story about how the doctor said people ask me if it smells? Oh and yeah, they go, yes, <laughs> it's shit. It's, it's, <laughs> Does it smell? He looks at my coffee cup. It's the colour of latte. And yes, of course it smells. It's shit. <laughs> I mean, who would choose to be the faecal doctor? The, well, I, but it's fast. I mean, look at me. I'm fascinated, aren't you I? Are Maybe I should have gone into faecal medicine. Maybe you should. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so that's where I'm, I'm like at. aghast and slightly yeah. um, perturbed. It's very fabulous. Perturbed. Perturbed. <laughs> <laughs> That's just too good. It's so great. Anyway, I um, would love to hear from anyone who has actually had a faecal transplant because, actually, I am fascinated by them. And they clearly are working. So, yay. Yay yay for healthy poo. poo. (laughs) I wonder if they have to look at the poo and see whether it looks like a curly-whirly or a Snickers first. No, because they just mash it through the sieve, don't they? Put it in the blender. Do you mean mash it? Mash it through the sieve. Um, so, yeah, so, let that, so that's great medical stuff, isn't yeah. it, saving people? And then you had another medical... I did, well, thing. sort of. Mm. It was an interview with um, a palliative care doctor, Dr Rachel Clark, also in The Guardian. Guardian's mm. going great guns, isn't it? Mm. Kate Kellaway. Um, so Dr, Dr Rachel Clark, she's a British doctor, um, and she's written a memoir about end of life, and it's all very moving, as you can imagine. Um, 
But the thing that really stuck out to me... Stuck out? It stuck out to me, love. Stuck out? That's not right, <laughs> is it? Stuck out. Um, and she, it, they asked her, has working at a hospice changed your attitude to dying? And she said, it's shaped my rela- relationship with life. Oh, that's a nice word. Isn't me, it? Yeah. And um, she says, we all know we are a spark a little flash in the pan and we'll be obliterated before we know it. We know that, we ignore it, we live our life in spite of it. Oh. Yes, and then she says, the most powerful thing I come away from the hospice with every single day is the realisation that every moment matters. Genuinely, I couldn't give a damn about wrinkles or middle age or putting on weight or my first grey hairs or reading specs. These are reasons to celebrate. I'm so lucky to have them. Wow. Oh, gosh, shivers, isn't it? Yeah, that's amazing. It's life-changing stuff, Isn't it? It really is. Having said that, before we, I came into this room tonight, I did try a <laughs> brown root cover spray yeah. that was in the bathroom, yeah. and I quite like it. Oh, no, they're good. Yeah. I use them all the time. Well, I've never used it, because I'm only just going grey. Mm. <laughs> um, and I have got a few grey hairs, and yeah. I was spraying it on. So while it's all very so admirable... Um, I think you can still cover them and still be happy they exist. I think they probably aren't mutually oh. exclusive. Oh, I like you know, that. Mainly cover them for your own, for yes. sort of the, what you look, what you Feel want to look good. like. But to know that you have them is not a bad thing. Everyone, oh, you know, okay. maybe if you, you have to change your attitude towards them a little. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it was a really good read, and she's obviously a fantastic person, and we're shallow and worthless, say, aren't we? I feel like there's no point. Let's just stop just this podcast stop now. and we'll just go and go and restudy. Yeah. <laughs> well, having said that, though, yes. Um, this will make you. This will cheer you up. Yeah, go on. People have been sharing their middle-aged success stories, right? Oh yes. So someone called Melissa Hunter asked people to share their success stories on on Twitter. Because um, at the end of 2020, instead of 30 under 30 and next generation lists or whatever, can we profile middle-aged people who got their big breaks, she asked. Mm. So people just started um, replying. Yes. Grandma of four, 54 years young, veteran, published my debut novel January 1st. My body is paralysed, so I typed that shit with my eyes. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I'm in my 60s, pl- planning my first exhibition. This is a painter. Yes. Um, and this goes on and on and on. Like, um, age 37, gave up my corporate career, realised endometriosis meant I'd never have a family, volunteered in Cambodia, then Ethiopia, set up a charity to help end female genital cutting globally. I'm turning 50 next month and looking forward to the next gen... You know, I mean, obviously, this is just going to make us feel even worse about ourselves. But amazing. I'm 54 and opened a bar, says this man, which Ooh, is the yes. kind of thing that we'd like. Um... Uh, like first film at 48, first Emmy at 52, first Tony at 59. Wow. This is pretty inspiring, though, really isn't it? really inspiring. Um, there's just so many of them. I wanted to be a writer from an early age, but I was told not to by my parents, who feared for, write- feared for writers due to strong government censorship in Vietnam. I couldn't afford to be a writer either. Now at the age of 47, my debut novel in English is being published in the US and Canada. Amazing. One more. Go I made on. my first film at 45 and have now made nine films of British fairy tales. I earn a living as a harpist. Of course. But my great passion is for the tales and folklore rooted in the British landscape. Well, well that's nice. Good for you. another one. I went to prison for drugs when I was 46 and got <laughs> out when I was 49. I stayed clean and started my own online business. Last year I turned 56 and my business broke the million dollar mark. Wow. Mark. Okay. Well, what about, have you got anything? What's your midlife success story? Um, I got out of bed this morning. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, well this podcast, I guess, yes. is a midlife success story. It is. And also, I mean, you, we haven't said this yet, but can we say it now or not? 
I don't know what it is. About what we've got coming oh, up this well, year. Okay, I think we probably should make Probably can. Out. I think we can. So you, this isn't a first for you, but we've got a book coming out. Yay! It's exciting, we isn't are, it? It's very In exciting. July. In July this year, we have got a book. We have book. a book. So um, it's an accompanying book to the podcast. It um, is, if you but like. With a much, handbook. A handbook, but with <laughs> much more goodness. And it is my first book. Yay! So I will be, when it comes out, I'll be... 40, almost 48. Yeah. But you've had a book out before. Yes. How many books have you had? That's it. I've had oh, one. One book. It was about Smash Hits That's magazine. Right. <laughs> so, well, yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. So yeah. look out for it. We'll give you more details we as will. it comes As and to when. Hand. As and when. Um, you learnt a new verb this week. I did. To Megan Markle. What does it mean? It means to get yourself out of a situation you're happy in. Ooh. So, for example, it's uh, basically... Megan Markle, verb, past tense, Megan Markled, to value yourself and your mental health enough to up and leave a room, situation, environment in which your authentic self is not welcome nor wanted. So it's an ode to self-respect. It's a sermon to owning your own boundaries. So you say, man, when I go out tonight, I'm going to Megan Markle it before going home and getting eight hours sleep. So it's like backdooring it or whatever, I suppose. Right. I don't care about Megan Markling. Oh, no, hang on, that's not right. Um... I totally Megan Markled my ex last night and never returned his texts. So basically, you know, you're just not listening to what people think you should do and just mm. saying no. At work, I'm considering Megan Markling. They haven't given me a raise in two years and I have better options working as an Instagram influencer than staying in this loveless work, work marriage. <laughs> so basically, you can use it as yeah. a phrase to say, I'm out of I've here. had enough, I'm yeah. leaving. And I'm it's out of here because you're not... You're not treating me well. Yeah. Hey? Okay. I'm Megan Markling this. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> just a joke. All right, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to say it all the time. Go on then. Well, not... Not right now. Oh, okay. Not generally. <laughs> Let's talk about fashions. We've got All a right. new segment. A new segment. What is it called? It's called, called Get the Look. Get the Look. Get the Look. <laughs> Get the Look. Get the Look. Get the Look. Okay, so it's about fashion. Can we yep. talk about fashion quite a bit? So yeah. we decided to, um, you know. Say it some more. Talk say some it more. a bit. Yeah. So I was a bit scared this week reading Stella, the UK magazine. Yes. Um, because the headline... I wasn't scared. I was sort of scared slash excited. The boot cut is back. Now, you won't care about this because you haven't worn a jean since you were four. Since the boot cut was in the first time, probably. Did you, did you wear jeans then? Jean. You did? Oh, you wore jeans then? Mm. Um, yeah, when I stopped wearing them. When? No, I don't know. Oh, you don't know? No. Oh, OK. No. Um, but the boot, back, the boot, boot <laughs> cut is back. It's been reimagined. This time, it's less Britney and more Birkin. So, um, I mean, boot cuts were huge, weren't they? Mm. Everyone loved a boot cut. They were very flattering on the leg. They were flattering, and that's why I think everyone loved them. And that's why even when you go jean shopping today, there's still a boot cut on the shelves. Yeah. But it's I, just not cool. It's just not cool. Because skinny was in for so long. So long. And then there was the flares came back, and you can't yeah. really wear... A, I mean, I suppose a flare's not unflattering either, because you can't tell what's flesh and what's flare. <laughs> Those flappy legs. Um, so what this lady says in this magazine, which is Bethan Holt, she says, a boot-cut jean is the slickest and smartest of all the classic denim options. Um, the boot-cut is at its best when it's the shoutiest element of a look, and that's why the way it's been born in the past with blingy accoutrements just didn't work. Oh, yeah, with the diamantes and yes, all that. Yes, so you've got to be low-key with it. 
Um, too many rules. There's too many rules, but it is flattering because it balances out bums and thighs. That's right. Yeah. That's always why I so like So do them. you think you might go back into a jean with the boot cut coming know. back? I don't think so. I think I'm done. I think my trouser days are over. trouser days are over. Although, you know, when you go somewhere like a really cold country and you yeah. don't wear pants, it's difficult. Well, I, I've, yeah, I wouldn't know because I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, so that, what do you do? Tights. Well, tights. Leggings. Yeah. Yes. Um, apparently there's lots of cropped versions around of a boot cut pant, oh. a boot cut jean as well. Oh. So there's different ways to wear them now. I reckon they're going to go gangbusters thing about the boot cut as well mm-hmm. that was so good was that you could wear a clumpy boot underneath yeah. and it was so leg lengthening. Yeah. You know, but especially if you got them longer you than your actual you legs. Boot, yeah. boot oh, cut. I see. <laughs> now I get it. I didn't ever really think about it. <laughs> Just until right ching. Um, yes, but you could get a longer leg and mm. then put your boot... So that made you look like you had half a, half a foot of extra yeah. height. Yeah, not half an actual foot. No, that would be weird <laughs> and awkward. <laughs> going downhill so um, there's boot cuts okay also some, you had some oh yeah no I was just going to say um, Marks and Spencer's so we talked we've spoken about before yes so they, they sent me this random email which was about right. their trends and styling for the upcoming months and I just thought there's some interesting things that we can all learn from it, from it. yeah exotic citrus shades of tangerine green is big Pops of neon colour. Oh, yeah, fun. Like all that. Like. So I'd be happy with that. And um, then I saw in a magazine today, like, all those beautiful um, mules in different colours. Oh, like do you like neon a mule? mules and... Oh, oh yeah, we've had the conversation yeah. about walking in I saw mules. a lovely pair of mules today. Mm. Patty, our mm. colleague Patty... Yeah, she's got some good ...was ones. wearing a fabulous mule. Beige mule. Yes. Yeah, I've commented on Nude, a nude yeah. mule. Fresh palette, they say. And they also say casual tailoring. So, like, two-piece power dressing. So, yes. you know, like your Victoria Beckham suits yes. and... and in, Marks and Spencers do I looked do at tra- doodle. I looked at trouser suits the other day. In Marks and Spencers? No, oh. in Maya. Yeah, they're good. Um, I'm seriously considering You've it. You've got one. Oh, thanks. Um, slouchy tailoring, where checks will continue to be heroes. Yes, I love a check. 80s-inspired double-breasted blazers, mm. wide-leg trousers, and elegant, chic, high-waisted skirts. So, see, I love all that Yeah, that stuff. all sounds good, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, so I'm excited for fashion. But were you told me about the puffballs and the... Yeah, well, and then... Power shoulders, was which that from is there? Sort of, well, the, no, that was from Grazia in oh. the UK. So everyone's talking about 80s again, which does right. terrify me. We had a dress-up party for our Christmas party um, in this uh, in the business that we work in yes. together. And the theme was, I wish I'd never worn that. Yeah. And a lot of people wore 80s fashion because, of course... They were they even if they hadn't been born in the eighties, they yes. knew how bad that was. But I thought some of them looked quite fabulous, actually. Well, then you just go, wow! But puffball yeah. skirts—they're coming back, and that was a yeah. big part of my eighties. Puffballs, yes. Also, quite hard to wear with a heavy thigh. Yeah, you've got to have skinny legs. <laughs> um, one of the other editors came um, to that party, and she was doing this like dis- dynasty power bitch. Oh yeah, and that was. Great. I loved it. Yeah, that was. It was great. amazing. Yeah. Um, also, there was quite a lot of um, shell suits. Yeah, well, <laughs> they were a lot of shells. Which was things. amazing. A lot of rustly noises. Yes. Couldn't <laughs> smoke, could yeah, you? Wearing your shell suit. Yeah. Should we um, do a follow-up? Follow-up. Have a follow-up. Let's, oh, we haven't had a follow-up for a no, while. It's Let's a beauty, do a follow-up. beauty spot, beauty spot. Beauty spot follow-up. Follow-up. <laughs> um, so, basically, you talked last time all the time before. Yes. Time has got away from me. I can't remember. It does, it does. About your $70 shampoo. Oh, yes. Yes. And we all went, ah, it's yes. so much money. But then I got some Aveda 
Oh, I love Aveda. Yeah, which is amazing. It smells yeah. amazing. $50. So I don't know whether that's good or bad. It's really delicious, though. Oh, do you use it every time? No, I don't, because I don't want to waste no. it. No, well, that's the problem, isn't it? Then if it? you're saving shampoo and conditioner for good... Yes. <laughs> for, good for good day. For good, not going evil. Out, for going out days or something. But, I mean, maybe that's just how much decent shampoo and conditioner costs. Like, you know, like, not decent, but yeah. that, that high end. Yes. I mean, I think the funny What's thing was... What's good about like, it? It's all natural. Mm. doesn't have any sulfates or any yeah. nasties or anything the plastic's made from recycled plastic mm. and so it's all very very giving yes. back to the planet Enviro as friendly. well and I guess you do pay you have to understand that it probably costs more you know yes. like, so I guess that's yes. why you pay more yes and I don't mind paying more for no, something for that. that's made yeah ecologically yeah well Aveda um, stuff is fantastic it smells amazing what's it smell of it just smells like <sighs> Rainforest. It smells like your life is just going to get so much better from having great hair. <laughs> oh, I love that smell. But, um, you know, I did balk at the price, but then I was like, you know what, it's just how much you're going to have to pay. Right. Okay. And, and if you use it for best, then so be it. Aveda always used to do the most divine candles. Yeah, they have, everything that Aveda has smells yeah. amazing. Yeah. They do a really good scalp scrub Ooh, as well. Do they? Yeah. Well, since I've been clearing up my fungus mm. and using my selson, my hair's my head stopped itching. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Interesting update. There you go. So, well, that's the shampoo. That's All right. Shampoo. Well, let us know how you go. So, you haven't got the matching shampoo? No, I've got the matching shampoo and conditioner. Oh, you got both? Yeah. But then I, what I was going to say was I looked online to see how much it was um, to get the bigger one, because sometimes I like to buy the yes. bigger one. $150. Oh, my like, God. my God, I don't know that I could pay it oh all out in gosh. one go, whereas you that can would buy hurt. that, yeah. Yeah. But honestly, it does smell great, and it makes your bathroom smell nice, so that's always all a right. bonus. Well, bonus. Yeah. Tell us about your culture club. Culture club. Culture club. Culture club. Yeah. Um, I watched the true, what's it called? Ooh, true history, true, the, the true history of the Kelly Gang. Yes, is that what it's called? True history of the Kelly Gang. Yeah. is that on Stan? That is on Stan, and it came out on Australia Day. Yes, for on Stan. It is um, a modern telling of um, the Kelly Gang in oh, a way. Oh, so it's they've updated stylized. it. No, it's not. Oh. It's not modern in that sense. It's just that. Um, there's lots of rock music in it. Um, they all have tattoos and things. So it's quite, it's a bit, it's very stylized. So it's a bit like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a bit Baz. Without the songs. Yeah. And it's no, there's nothing Baz about it. It's like the least Baz, but that kind of thing. Uh, Russell Crowe is in it. He plays the guy that kind of teaches Ned Kelly to be, you know, a bad guy. How's Rusty? Is he good? Rusty's amazing. Large as, larger than life. Love him. So great. The biggest what an beard. actor. Great. I love him and everything. Great big beard. Loved him. Couldn't get enough. It's got George McKay, McKay, I don't know how you say his name. Who's that guy from 1917 that everyone's talking about? That oh, have you guy. seen 1917? No. no. But um, he's really good in this. He is Ned Kelly. It's also got Nick Cave's son, Earl, as, one, as Dan Kelly, who is Nick, um, Ned Kelly's brother. Um, and he's quite good. Nice to see a new mm. face on the screen. Got lots, it's got Essie Davis in it. Oh, yeah. Is it, a, is it a series or no, it's is it a, a one-off? Oh. Yeah, it's a movie. Um, I really liked it. It was. It's quite violent. It is, as I say, it's quite stylized. so there's lots of kind of interesting camera angles and it's very dark and mm. the music's quite loud and stuff, but um, yeah, well worth a watch. And if you like your Australian history... Yeah. It's good. Okay. It's good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. All right. Well, that sounds like one to watch. 
It is one toilet. I mean, you know, it's not for everyone, is it? I mean, no. it's no sex in the city. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you know, don't blame me if you find it hard going right. and violent. Okay. Everyone out there in the world. I'm okay. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, this isn't a culture club, but it is about a song. Yeah. So apparently, this was brought to my attention by um, Josh, who we work with. Mm-hmm. The song that was number one during the month you turned 14 is the song that defines your life. I wonder who decided that. But having looked it up, mm. it's really quite on, on, on the mark. Okay, go on, tell well, me mine, this just symbol... I don't know if it defines my life, but it's such a defining song for me. Papa Don't Breach by Madonna. <laughs> but I'm there. I'm just taken back to being 14 straight yeah. away. Madonna was everything to me, as you know. Yes. Um, so I'm like, oh, OK, that's a good little... That's a fun little thing to do. So I sent it to you. Yes. And what was yours? <laughs> I don't even want to say what mine was. It's too embarrassing. It was I've Never Been To Me by Charlene. I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. And I've been to Georgia and California. That it's literally, is... Isn't it about a prostitute? Is it? No, I don't know. Isn't it about, like, I've been with um, kings and I've lain with kings and, you know... Oh. Like, it's all about her having sex with all these men <laughs> and yet possibly never masturbating? Is that what it is? What? I don't know. I don't I think to me. So. I think it means that she's... I've, God, I just don't know now. You've and either way, me. either way, terrifying. Do you want, do you I don't want, want it defining your life? Define my life at all. Thank you very much, Shirley. Nothing against you, darling. No. No. Okay, so it didn't work for you. It didn't work for me. No. I'm glad it worked for you. Um, we'll put that on the PDAs and everyone can have a go. Yeah. And tell us. Yes, please do. So what is the PDAs? The PDA Peter of all, the PDAs is our Facebook group. Yes. It's on the Facebook. Yes. You can join. Yes. And then we can chat about all these chat things. About you stuff. can tell us how much you hate the Kelly gang for a start. Yes. <laughs> and um other things. Tell us about your poo transplants. Yes. So we talk about co living spaces. Yes. Is that what was gonna be next? Oh yes, that was that was um we went out of sequence. Oh, I no, do apologise. Um, so do accept my apology. There's all those co-working spaces oh, everywhere yes. now, so you can go in and you yeah. hire a desk, or whatever, and you can just sit there and do work, and you don't need to have an entire bricks and mortar office for your mm. business anymore. You can share these spaces and work in them. And yeah. they've got internet access and all the. Products it's always very groovy cons. people in them, isn't there? Architects. Yes. They <laughs> say. <laughs> Um, um, but now, in the UK, I read a story about these things, they're called co-living places. Yeah. And basically, it's the same deal, but it's for people who don't want to live alone, necessarily, but don't want to um, either live in a share house, perhaps, or just rent a room in someone's house, whatever. So basically, it's sort of like um, a place where you go and rent a room and you are encouraged to... It's like a community. They're, yeah. They're building a community. So is it a bit like student halls, but for grown-ups? I guess so. Oh, it's like the older so. people. It's a little hard to understand. My friend said, well, isn't that just a share house? Well, I suppose it's a very big share house, but without um, probably having to share toilets and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so and you get a bed, have a fights TV. over whose turn it is to buy the loo roll. Yeah, and then if you can choose... To, you've got a little kitchenette and a little bathroom and you can choose to stay in your room or you can go out and there's You have your own bathroom? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually... I'm down for this. I think it would be really yeah, good. If you, were a, if you were a modern person... Yeah, moving to, or if you're moving to a new city. Yeah, and it just means yeah. that you can... You've got somewhere to live. Yeah. You don't have to get involved. You don't have to sort of... Do you have a cleaner? 
I guess it's all probably yeah. cleaned. I mean, it's quite expensive, but there's no council tax, no bills. This is in the UK, obviously. Yeah. No idea. You don't have to go through the process of trying to find somewhere. You just go in there. Yeah, you say, oh, I, room, I think it whatever. sounds brilliant. And then you, there's all these activities they have. So they have like yoga classes and all the things like that. Yeah. If you want to. We've uh, sort of talked about this a bit for um, when for we're old older. people. Yeah, I think it would work as an I old think, which thing. I suppose is. Retirement homes, is it? Well, this woman says, I, w- I moved to the collective, which is this place in Putney, I think that they're talking about, um, because I wanted to have my own space but not feel lonely. It yeah. perfect sense. So you, wanna, you don't want to be in a share house where you have to kind of cook your dinner next to someone else and have label your butter in the fridge. Yes. You want a bit more privacy, but you don't want, you know, to be living by yourself with no one around. It makes perfect sense. It does, really. So I'm going to do it. Are you? Well, no. But, I mean, <laughs> no, I've got a husband. I'll move him in as well. That would yeah, be in his own room or share a room? <laughs> no. And can didn't... you have couples sharing rooms? I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't it's actually so... mention it here. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them have um, started a new job there or a new country and they don't have a lot of sort of social network around them yet so it's it's quite easy because people can then start to meet people if they want they can back off if they feel a little bit mm. overwhelmed i like it i think it's a okay. good idea all right put it on the list put, put it on, on the to-do list put it on the to-do list move into a co-living place yeah all right is that, that it is it are we, are i don't know enough? i feel like i think that's there I think that's good enough. Yeah. Otherwise, you could squeeze in your eight glasses of water. Oh, yeah. Well, we may as well. Go eight on, Eight glasses of water. Well, yeah. the truth about hydration, Lisa. I'm trying to find out if yes. you should drink eight glasses of water a day. But did you know... Um, hang on. I just have to have to read it properly because there's something very interesting about old people. Oh, yes. They get dehydrated, don't they? Yeah, because your sense of thirst can get fuzzier. Oh. So you don't actually know that you're thirsty until it's too late. Oh, and what age does that happen? What well, it says old people. Oh. El- elderly people. <laughs> what does elderly mean? <laughs> so, um, so basically, yeah, like, so as an athlete or as a normal person and a grown-up and everything, you know, you know you're thirsty, so you have a drink. You don't know that you're thirsty. Oh, and you that's why they get dehydrated. Yeah, and so yeah. your skin gets dry and everything. But yeah. then this woman was trying to work out how much you're supposed to drink there's all these things that people say eight glasses but in america they were saying it's only six cups right. a day and it can be six cups isn't very much no but it uh, can be all beverages so yes. even coffee tea and booze yeah. oh and so booze that's, yeah that's weird oh. so no one really knows done that by breakfast but with booze it, counts <laughs> you, you should the reason that how you know you're having enough water is how much time you go the how many times you go to the toilet a day and how many it's, times a day should you eat somewhere between five and seven Okay. I don't know what... I mean, do they take into effect, into account the fact that when you get old, you go to the toilet all the time? I'm just trying to add up how many day, times a day I, I wee, but... This, um, is, this has gone full circle. <laughs> I know, full circle. <laughs> from to wee. And that's us done. <laughs> but no, I don't know, because, uh, you know, like, some, I get up in the night three times if I've drunk a lot of water. Mm. Also, depends on, <laughs> also depends on the heat. Like, Australia's so hot... Yeah, you, you get... That you really dehydrate quickly. Yeah, yeah this is right. Yeah. Look, tell us how many times you wee. Yes, please. We'll put right a poll. In. We'll do a poll. <laughs> a wee poll. Um, all right, and um, if you want to yes. tell us, you can email us on wearepleindevilsavocado at yes. gmail.com. You can mm. come to the PDAs. Yeah. If you feel like you want to... The PDAs. Uh-huh. The PDAs. Yeah. The PDAs. <laughs> Sorry, we are growing up. Really. Um, and if you are not completely put off by the bodily function chat this week, we'll um, see you next week. Mm-hmm. So see ya. See you bye. later. Okay, bye. bye.